ultimate ex-friends. Because where are we coming to you from, Riley? Are we coming from 616? Are we coming from 6160? I don't know. Riley and I just finished reading the first issue of Jonathan Hickman and Brian Hitch's Ultimate Invasion, the first of a four-part mini uh, that seems to have some big implications, and we just finished. I don't even know how Riley feels about it. He doesn't know how I felt about it. Let's talk. We know how we felt about it. <laughs> we know how we felt about it. Um, so Riley and I have done this a few times where we have read side by side, uh, either in a car or in this case in the loft, uh, a new issue, and then instantly went to potting. And I feel like we've gotten some of our best work out of that. Uh, but we're we're here. We're here on the day that seemed like it was never going to come after it was initially announced to us. <laughs> and how how are you feeling, Riley? How are you feeling with this first issue? I'm very excited about it, honestly. Um, yeah, this was so fun. First, like it should be noted that if you have been listening to any of our episodes, it's pretty obvious that we are both Jonathan Hickman fanboys. Like we yeah. are, and we can't deny that. Um, I think we talk about that man and his work and his collective whole of a run more than anything else on this show. Probably, yeah. You can't really go even a whole episode without referencing something. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I try to put those things aside, you <laughs> yeah. know, when we when we talk about new issues or whatever and, and try to, like, actively be conscious of, like, do I love this just because it has Hickman's name on it? Or do I love it for what it is? Yeah. You know, um, I before we get into this thing, um, it should be noted that, like, I am not a big fan of the alternate universe. Yeah. Which is, I think, a pretty, pretty common opinion at this point. Like, it seems that there is a pretty large chunk of the of the comic population that is is just not a huge fan of the ultimate universe that there are some bits and pieces that are beloved and well known and all of those things but that in hindsight a lot of the ultimate universe is is just kind of it's a little it's a little tough and edgy and yeah um and it's not for everybody um and so for me i'm not a huge fan of the ultimate universe but i think that in terms of the idea it's a very bold one Mm -hmm. you know um a universe that we can just kind of go nuts and we don't have to adhere to continuity and we can just kind of get a little bit wild and try new things and and all that stuff like i'm all for it you know um so when it was announced that coming this this summer you know ultimate invasion from brian hitch and jonathan hickman like all right like i'm a i'm slightly hesitant because ultimate things you know uh, mm, mm. but on the other hand like this this could be something really cool and exciting um pairing brian hitch especially after having him be such a a huge name in the ultimate universe with his ultimate stuff um and then putting it with jonathan hickman which at this point is is doing a lot of like setting the spark for the next the next chunk big of thing years yeah, you yeah. know yeah that he is the setup guy for all of this new stuff versus like he's just writing the monthly thing so i think you and i were both 
extremely excited when we saw this announcement. But for me, I had a little bit of hesitation, you know, like, yeah. mm, I just I don't know how I feel about the possible rebirth of the ultimate universe. And I think that's fair to state. And I think that's a good, good place on the record. Let me I guess let me talk about my feelings about the ultimate universe, because I'm I'm not an ultimate universe fanboy by any point at all. Mm-hmm. I think the stories and the idea of just like the longevity of main Marvel universe and who those characters are, I think has obviously stood the test of time a lot longer than the ultimate universe did. But with that being said, um, ultimate Spider-Man is one of my favorite books of all time. Sure. Um, The radical post 9-11 saga that is, the original Ultimates and Ultimates 2, I think, is is really groundbreaking. And I think what Brian Hitch does in that is crazy. And none of them are likable, which I also think is the point uh, of making this paramilitary group. And what's crazy is it's like the costume designs, the looks of those characters, like that is what was brought into the MCU. Like it really was. Um, it goes off the rails. Um, I've, I, I think I've told you this before. I have read all of the ultimate universe mm. like all of it um from beginning to end all of the minis all of ultimate x-men fantastic four defenders all of that up to um up to cataclysm like when it ends so i that was that was just kind of a challenge that was something it was right after leslie and i got married um and i started reading and realizing like oh hey i think i actually can finish it so i read some really good stories or some not so great stories um the stuff that really stands out to me is is the idea that hey what would these things look like in modern day mm-hmm. what would these stories look like imagine for a new audience um i think spider-man is the most successful because it still captures the heart of the character yeah where spider-man was kind of the only one this is a weird tangent we might cut this but like the promise of the ultimate universe of what do these characters look like in modern settings Spider-Man is really the only one that does that, does that, because he's the only one that is still that character, if yeah. that makes sense. Whereas Ultimate Fantastic Four, Ultimate Avengers, like the Ultimates, even Ultimate X-Men, like they're all, they're not just the characters updated for modern, they're all radically different characters. Right. Like their personalities are different, their morals are different, their their alignments are different. Um, so I think that's why ultimate spider-man for both of us is like such a bright spot yeah in the midst of that because the other guys suck like they, they are not nice um but because of that not ni- niceness one of i think both of our favorite characters ever gets created which is the maker yeah. which is evil reed richards which spoilers obviously for 20 plus year old comics but also for ultimate invasion and all of hickman's work to follow Um, so I think what I was really excited about this book is that it featured not only my favorite Ultimates character with Evil Reed Richards, but also the Illuminati. Yeah. From (laughs) probably our favorite, our favorite book run. Yeah. So I think that's why I was really excited going into it. And, um, yeah, I guess that's where I'm coming to with this as well, with my, my Ultimates love. Or not love. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, 
there were so many things like when this got announced and there was a you know some concept art or whatever kind of released or a, a few promotional images uh, one of the first images we noticed was that hey the the team that's attacking the maker right now are all of the members of the illuminati which is just super exciting um pretty recently i reread all of the uh the bendis illuminati issues nice then i also did an avengers new avengers hickman reread so all of that stuff is like fresh in my mind and as like an entity the illuminati just being around doing stuff is always just so exciting and fun and then pair them against the maker and this is just like this is a dream you know um so it's kind of like at the beginning i had sort of these conflicting feelings of like well i just don't i don't love the ultimate universe but this premise though is yeah so awesome so awesome um so how about maybe the best way forward for this is like maybe maybe we kind of do a bit of a recap of what we read okay and then kind of chime in as we go so i know i was hooked from the very beginning hickman always has a great way of kind of putting on these big uh title pages with some awesome minimalist design and this one when you open it up we get chapter one there's a big 616 the name of our marvel universe at the top and it just says good artist copy which is a very cool way to open it and we're following these mercenaries that are basically going to like this black site in the middle of new york right um they're breaking in with these crazy tech weapons uh it looks like kind of a classic heist uh, what is kind of fun looking back now is you can see their armor does kind of have the markings of the maker on the it side. Does. Yeah. Um, but after they break in with all these heavy duty weapons, including like a black hole bomb. Yeah. Um, it's so clear. Sick. <laughs> it's clear when they get in uh, and after they get these key cards, they end up and they they're freeing the maker and the maker has orchestrated this all from his prison cell. He has a great line about <laughs> they've had rotating uh, therapists come and try to talk to him and basically he has put them back out into the world to mm -hmm. bring all of these people to him which is just so absurd um and he's excited because he's bringing all these people in here um he's promised them a lot of money they bring him his helmet and he says he needed them all here for a specific reason their genetic code and <laughs> he clicks a button and all of these mercenaries turn into this like amorphous blob and then turn into like a clone of him that's drooling out his mouth and the he walks away super cold i think this is when both you and i were like all right we're in for it yeah love it that's such a great sequence to like lead into the yeah. marvel comics presents ultimate invasion like the the i don't know what is like a stinger what is it the, the oh, like term? a cold open like yeah, yeah that the cold open would be this crazy heist yeah. sequence oh you think it's just him breaking mm -hmm. out like oh he's hiring people to come and break him out of jail you know we've seen this before and then <laughs> having the genetics of these of these soldiers morph into a perfect copy of himself it's so good but <laughs> it's but slightly off because someone's brother came instead mm -hmm. of him uh, there's two things that this brought to mind. One is the amazing high sequence from The Dark Knight, mm -hmm. where it's like it's all this build up, all this build up, all this build up, and then amazing like twist yeah. at the end. I felt really similar to that, but also it reminds me of um, the beginning of House of X, yeah, where we have the diplomats and mm -hmm. we have them talking, and we're kind of 
putting pieces together along with them. Uh, this felt really similar to that and just a great, a great Hickmanese <laughs> twist of what you think is happening to what sets the stage for what's to come. But um, after that, we obviously get a wonderful, um, really cool title page. And then we get a, <laughs> we get our first, uh, first real data page of the issue. Uh, Riley, what did you like about this data page? Cause I think this is one of the first times that we stopped and looked over at each other. Yeah. Um, man, I just, I love a good data page. Yeah. They're just so fun to look at all the information that you get from them. Like it's, I just think that data pages are such a cool way to give us important information but not have just exposition dumps from like characters talking no. to each other um just just such good world building just yeah. in such a quick subtle way to tie things in yeah um so on this data page we can see that the prisoner cell that was holding the maker was right next to the negative zone which is so cool <laughs> if they needed to they could throw flush the maker him out into instantly the, yeah love that idea that he's just so dangerous that we're going to put him in this place yeah um which ultimately didn't end up mattering anyway um and then it gives us some some information on who the maker is for anyone who's reading this without having a background on who this is um tells you that it's multiversal reed richards um universal level intellect combined with megalomania dissociative disorder so you get the information that you need if you're a new reader yeah um but it kind of is like a you know almost like a government transcript of like what all of this is you know love it so it's fun. the maker is so fun and i feel like this his monologuing shows it this whole book is really demonstrated that and um he is a creation out of the ultimate fantastic four but he does not start that way um there's an event ultimate ultimate villain ultimate doomsday something like that happens and that's where we first are introduced to this version of reed but really it is he's kind of a bendis creation but it really is a hickman runs with it yeah during his time in the ultimates and then uh in secret wars he makes a reappearance mm -hmm. um he's he's jumped around a little bit um yeah. i don't know if you saw on the title page there's a uh, special thanks to donny cates yeah I am curious about that. I you you've not read it either. Neither you or I have read Cakes Cakes Cates's Venom. No. Um, I have heard. I'm just I'm just not really a Venom guy, and I know you're not really either. Mm -hmm. Um, but I know that Cates and his King and Black stuff has done a lot with the Marvel Cosmic Gods stuff. Um, and I'm and I know the Maker has been involved in that as well. So yeah. I, I am curious what we're missing from there. Um, to get the maker to end up here. The last time I saw the maker was during uh, Ewing's The Ultimates. Right. Is that the last? I think that's probably the last yeah. time you saw him too. Mm -hmm. So um, during that, he tried to kind of do something really similar. I did see someone say online that um, Cates is pretty well on the record for his love for the Ultimate Universe. Yeah. Um, and someone was just speculating that this could perhaps be that Cates was a big champion for um bringing back the ultimate universe mm -hmm. that it was kind of like a uh, a mission that he had taken on to like try to get this to to happen so um i don't know that's okay. pure that's fan pure, speculation yeah, yeah, yeah. but um it could be something along those lines okay so continuing on with our recap um so reed has brought uh t'challa and a group of scientist soldiers uh to now the destroyed 
uh, black site prison. Also, I will note that it's saying this was six weeks ago. Right. Um, so as they bring themselves there, um, they're investigating. They're trying to figure out what it was. Uh, Riley and I did have a moment where it felt really good to realize that Hickman was writing Reed again. Mm-hmm. Um, Riley and I have both been enjoying the Ryan North Fantastic Four, which gets a little reference here. Yeah. Um, and in that run, Reed is trying to follow rules, <laughs> trying to take care of his family trying to not always solve things kind of by himself or the way he would used to. I'd say that's probably a pretty good description of what's going on. Yeah. But in this instantly, he is kind of back to his, this is my top priority. This needs to be solved sort of way. Mm-hmm. How did you feel about this? Not even a heel turn, but a reads back. Um. Well, I think as we've talked about before, the the Ryan North Fantastic Four has been kind of a breath of fresh air for both of us that it's just so yeah. light and fun. Um, and it's just a very different take on all of the characters of the Fantastic Four. Um, and it, a, just a different characterization, which is totally fine. And I'm really enjoying it. Um, but in that, in that particular run, uh, Reed is a little bit more of a goofball and uh, a little bit silly in just how... Um, how unaware he is for being just so absolutely brilliant. He's still kind of like socially awkward and doesn't really understand jokes. And he, it's, it's just very light and fun, which is awesome. And I love it. Um, but there is, there's just something so special about this version of Reed that, you know, he's so brilliant and um, really, you know, I love this book so much. Yeah. It's, it's so fun to see Reed back the way that we've been enjoying him through all of Hickman's previous work. You so know? let's, let's actually, I think let's read, let's read this dialogue from, from Reed and T'Challa. Let's do an exchange. I'll be T'Challa. Then you want to be Reed? Sure. On these bottom two panels right here. So I'll start with T'Challa. One question. Why are we both pretending that you couldn't find a way to take a look if you wanted to? I was recently in something of a rule following phase T'Challa. I'm trying to show some restraint. How's that working out for you? Not well. So good. I just, I think that's where I, I heard us both giggle for the first time of like, here we go. Yep. So Reed and T'Challa investigate. They go into the prison. Reed realizes who it's holding and it is the maker. But once they go inside and infiltrate, they, they see this clone copy of the maker. And as soon as they talk to it, it melts back into a bunch of goo. And Reed and T'Challa are now thinking, where do you think he's gone? What is he doing? So we start to see (laughs) a wonderful series of pages of the maker infiltrating the Baxter building and looking into the files and finding a few different things. And then we see a glorious, glorious page of... (laughs) Or, well, I'm laughing because this is just so awesome, and this this totally captures, I think, one of the reasons why. Yeah, we're we're Hickman fanboys, but it's because it keeps delivering like this, man. Yeah. Um, we see Reed at the Necropolis with a fully reassembled Illuminati, and the way that Hitch draws this page almost perfectly resembles the beginning of New Avengers. Mm-hmm. With the team assembled, with the exception of Xavier now replacing Beast, because Xavier was dead back then. Yeah. Um, 
band. It's just the band is back together, and last time they were together, they were destroying worlds. Yeah. And now they've justified it again because, and then we can talk about this for a minute, it goes through and basically in a very clever plot way, but the maker has basically stolen something from each of the members. Yeah. Um, inc- <laughs> including Terrigen Mist, including a bridge um, that allows you to go to other uh, universes, a Krakoan gate, a spear, shield, just just all sorts of different things in order to put together. And the Illuminati is responding and basically realizing, hey, he wants us to follow him. Something that I liked about that is that Back in in New Avengers, like we love New Avengers, yeah. But one of the big things that happens in that book is that the Illuminati form or reform to take on this incursion threat, and much of Captain America's anger is directed at Tony for reforming the Illuminati. Right, that you swore you would never do this again. All of that stuff, like just the members being together, is already a problem right and so in order to kind of avoid that same thing from happening again yeah in this book uh the maker basically makes it necessary for these members to reconvene he forces their hand on purpose yeah like, he does and i love that I that too. it's not just like we don't learn from our mistakes we're just going to get the band back together again and then we're going to have that same argument like the Illuminati's reformed, you punks, and whatever. Um, it's fun to think that the Maker has done this on purpose, that, yeah. like, y- even your Illuminati team is no match for me kind of thing. It's And I think uh, Tony Stark has a line where he's like, it's a message. To the inevitable gathering of the group of us, some kind of unmistakable grand gesture, talking slowly for the children. Mm-hmm. It's just the Maker brought them together. The maker has seen what bringing them together means, and it's it's cool. It's, yeah. it's neat. It is it is very fun seeing them together. Um, it's fun as they talk about how the maker should not have been able to get any of these things. Also, like all of these things were were either extremely classified, extremely protected, and he has no problem getting them, including a Krakoan gate, <laughs> which is just so good. Something that uh, I want to turn the page back to that stood out to me is uh so reed and or the maker infiltrates the baxter building yes sits in reed's chair and takes something unknown uh and says there you are i knew you had it in you and i like that that we are going to in some way shape or form get another look at reed versus his evil self yeah you know um, with the maker perhaps challenging him with the concept of like maybe we're not all that different. What you do know? you think it is? What do you think he took? I don't know. I have no idea. I have no idea either. Part of me was thinking like I don't know. At first I was about to say the bridge, but Reed knows about the bridge. Like he says he doesn't know. I wonder if it is his files. There, the, a time yeah. period that has not been totally explored is what was it like when Reed and Sue were up with the future foundation when Franklin was recreating the multiverse? Mm -hmm. I wonder if there's files from that. Sure. And I wonder, I wonder two things. One, I wonder if there's files from that 
And second, I wonder if part of those files and him saying, there you are, and you had it in you, is almost like a order to not recreate the maker's universe right in that way Mm -hmm. so that he could not exist sure and then that comes back around to what we're about to get to toward the end of so that that's just my one thought is like that that's what it could be and he likes seeing that that dark i'm done with mercy side of reed sure because i think it makes him feel at least somewhat represented right but that that's my one thought otherwise i have no idea what it is he could be getting i think he could be onto something yeah yeah um because he talks about those files in the next sequence. You want to move on? Yeah, next let's right? move on to the next. So the in the next, next page, uh, the maker confronts Miles Morales, one of the other only survivors of the Ultimate Universe in present Marvel 616. Um, and he basically tells Miles, hey, like you and I are brothers from dead gods. <laughs> yeah. don't exist anymore. I want to go back home. It would feel weird if I didn't tell you. This is honestly like it could be a complete manipulation. But I think it, it is. It feels like it felt like a cool moment of brief survivor humanity. It it could be manipulation to put Miles in like a direct collision course with the Illuminati. But you and I have talked about it before. And if we haven't heralded him enough, like Miles is just so good. He is. He is so pure and is just same thing. I think so. I just finished reading um bendis's run on miles morales ultimate spider-man um and it was very interesting to read and just kind of think about it where it's like miles carries on the name of the ultimate spider-man comics line after peter parker dies peter parker as we heralded earlier is like is the best part of the ultimate universe he's the he's the champion he's the goodness i just think the fact that both ultimate spider-man both of the ultimate spider-man are so is just so good to see and so knowing that now we have the worst part of the ultimate universe confronting like the best champion of it is just very very interesting and i don't i don't that's neither here nor there but i just think that that's kind of a cool a cool dichotomy or factor in all this yeah um i wanna i really like the idea of like the survival humanity that you brought up a second ago. Um, And I want to believe that that's the case, but something happens at the end of this issue that makes me a little skeptical, or at least the, the pieces don't necessarily uh, show a clear picture at this point. Um, It, uh, so I'm going to have to jump us ahead to the end, the last few pages, the epilogue of this issue. uh, And then we can go back to the last. How we got there. Yeah. Um, but in these few pages, you have the maker inviting Miles to, to go home with yeah. him, right? Um, and he seems to do that in a way that's relatively genuine, that, like, we're the last two survivors. It would feel wrong for me to go home without inviting you or to tell you about it or whatever. Um, but some of the some of the dialogue that comes before the actual invitation still seems a little bit, like, condescending in a way. Um, have we not met? I cannot tell with so many of you, the masks and monikers and more than that, the repetitive nature of so many of you heroes, right? Like there's, there's like condescension and like, I look down on what you are kind of, kind of thing from him. So on one hand, I want to believe that it's, it's a little piece of him that is still like good and caring and thoughtful about others and whatever. But at the same time, he's kind of like 
he's still kind of spitting at who Miles is Complete, and what way. he values. Um, and yeah. Yeah. And so you have that side of things. And then we're jumping ahead several pages, so we'll need to rewind a little bit. But uh, we come to an epilogue in which the maker has come to a new universe uh, where he can build and create and all the whatever as his you know as he wishes and we will say that this universe is now called 6160 yeah which is just cool interesting yeah Yeah. um so we have a sequence for a few pages that are that very much resemble the the spider-man origin story that we usually we usually get so let's go on go on but Um, it's it's updated it's updated again it is even in the same way where in the 60s spider-man peter parker was bitten by a radioactive spider Mm -hmm. when the spider bites ultimate peter parker and then eventually ultimate miles morales it is a genetically modified spider it's not radioactive it's been changed again to now it's it's an isotope genome accelerator yeah so science is once again caught up making me think that this might be at least some version of like it's it's obviously a new ultimate universe a new spider-man for our time for our time for modern 2023 but what is interesting is that if we are thinking that the maker is now in his new universe where he can create as he wishes, essentially he can be God in this universe. He stops the spider from biting Peter. Yep. Right. And stops the, the Peter Parker origin story into Spider-Man. So the thing that makes me a bit skeptical is like, if Reed is going to, or the maker, I should say is going to be, uh, make the conscious choice to not allow a Spider-Man to be created in his new universe. Why would he take the time to invite Miles Morales to this universe? You know, yeah. Um, what what reason could he have for that? What is his thought process behind? Like, I'm gonna s- extend an invitation to to my universal brother. Yeah. Um, while then ensuring that a Spider-Man isn't allowed to exist in his universe. So so I have um, contradicting w- things, I think. So we'll talk more about what leads up to this, but I do kind of want to hover here because I think this is the most interesting part. So just a few nerdy publication things. One, Ultimate Spider-Man, number one, was the first piece of the original Ultimate Universe. Right. That was the first issue that came out. That was the first part of the story. And it begins with almost exactly this scene. Yeah. And so the fact that the first time we're seeing this new thing is beginning with this. And like, I know Hickman knows this. I know Brian Hitch knows this. Mm -hmm. And I also would probably be willing to bet that they are also probably very similarly versed with the fact that Peter Parker and Miles Morales were like two of the only not scumbags from that universe. Right. And so the fact that this Reed Richard is allowing or or preventing the creation of potentially like the one pure character in this world is a pretty big deal, Mm -hmm. especially because it ends with a next time on or next issue. And we see what looks like the rest of the ultimate still in this really small sketch page. We see Wasp, we see Captain America, we see Iron Man. The fact that those guys could all exist without Peter Parker is a very scary world. It is. Um, in a world where if that is what the maker wants, like I don't know what game he is playing. Right. I don't know what I still don't know what he wants, which is exciting yeah. in a story like this. But 
taking Peter Parker off the table in an ultimate universe, kind of like what you were saying at the beginning, Riley, like those aren't necessarily stories you want to read. Those aren't necessarily characters that you care about. And I feel like that's what this is playing with of that idea of like, we are literally taking the best thing from the ultimate universe and the worst guy from it is now creating something without that. Right. Like that's a scary place to be. Um, but I do agree with you. I feel like then how does Miles factor into that? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. And I feel like that's going to be the biggest question of where this thing goes. Right. Um, I will say solicit wise, they have already announced at the end of all of these four issues, there will be an ultimate universe. Number one, mm-hmm. like a new launch point. But we know nothing about that. And I also I'd be willing to bet that what we're seeing right now with this other Earth, like that's not going to be the ultimate universe we end up with. I'm pretty sure we're going to see some other shenanigans. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, So Miles turns down the maker. Right. Um, The maker still gives him a card. Miles says, huh, it's blank. And then we jump ahead and the Illuminati are surrounding the maker and his machine to travel to somewhere they don't know they're trying to stop him they can't stop him they have all he has all sorts of fail safes and he just kind of lets them know like i'm gonna you're not gonna get away with this um he asks reed a question if you could do it all again (laughs) if you could truly change things if you had the chance would you erase me from existence and reed says yes and the maker disappears into the portal saying i'll keep that in mind so right after that the maker vanishes the illuminati are left looking at like basically the empty machine that he made they have no way of tracking him at least according to him or if they did it would take decades and by then he'd already be finished and then it leads into the pages that we were talking about in this new universe um i thought this was a really cool sequence i still got some really fun action it is it is very fun uh seeing brian hitch who i know has always been like praised for having a very cinematic like widescreen style drawing some of my favorite designs of these characters like in particular professor x it's just fun seeing him there um yeah what'd you think about this interaction between the illuminati and the maker i thought it was cool um i going back to what we were talking about a little while ago um about your theory with um you know, uh, the time that Franklin and the the Fantastic Four were creating universes and things post-Secret Wars, um, that perhaps there was something in which Reed was able to say, like, you know, I've learned all of these things and I've all these lessons and everything lives and yeah and all that stuff, but except I'm not going to allow a universe to be created in which someone like the Maker can exist, right? Um And so, you know, this question that the maker poses to Reed, would you erase me from existence given the chance or whatever? And Reed says, yes. Like, I wonder if that's a a pretty big hint as to his plan, what it was that that the maker stole, like the the blank spot you were talking about with all of the creation of those universes. It's I think it's going to be a wild ride. Um, I it's really fun reading something like this that I think has such a strong premise and hook and central characters and still having no idea where it's going. Yeah. Um, that feels awesome. And I will talk about one of our favorite, like it feels like Inferno. It feels like reading the first issue of Inferno where 
like in the first issue, Destiny walks out. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know what's going to happen. Like, I thought this whole thing was going to be about that. Mm-hmm. It feels at a similar, like, okay, well done, team. What's going on? Um, I'm glad he's already left. Like, it's, it's not just a race with the maker around the world. And right. I've read so many different event books and comics that, like, they make that race the whole thing. Right. Um, and then, you know, the third act happens very small. Like, this was, this was an exciting way to start. Um, I cannot wait for the next one. Um, but I also don't know what's going to happen. Um, yeah. I feel like we have some good theories. Uh, I guess some moving forward notes. This book is totally built on the foundation of the work that Hickman did with Secret Wars. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we are getting a sequel to one of my just favorite runs of all time is amazing. This yeah. this is an unexpected treat, and so far it is delivering. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I feel like reading this right after Secret Wars, like, I'm curious to see where this goes, but th- it works. Mm-hmm. Um, as just like, a, are we seriously doing this again? Sequel. Um, I... I am also really curious. So I just read, can I, can I spoil a bit of the second miles volume for you? Yeah, sure. So in Bendis's spider, spider men, number two, spider men two. Um, it's a little different than the first spider men is so classic because Peter goes to the ultimate universe. Right. And we get to see, he gets to see the life that didn't happen to him. Miles gets to meet him and see that. And it comes at a really pivotal point for that character. When spider men two rolls around, the ultimate universe doesn't exist anymore. Miles is in the main universe. Peter and him have to work together. It's essentially almost like a Batman Robin situation, but they're still trying to answer the question of who was six one six's Miles Morales. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so because Bendis writes crime stories super well, um, Kingpin goes to jail, and when Kingpin is in jail. He meets a Miles Morales who Mm. becomes one of his best friends and associates. Mm. And this Miles loses a, the love of his life, a woman named Barbara. And so that portal that led to the ultimate universe in Spider-Man number one reopens somehow and Taskmaster goes to investigate it. And Miles and Peter are basically trying to get to it before this ambiguous person and they find out is 616 is miles morales goes into it Mm. miles morales eventually goes into that portal when he does he meets he finds barbara and there is a version of the ultimate universe that is alive and well with a peter parker still a spider-man but with like a few differences like mary jane is on a wrist communicator uh riri williams is in this universe as well there's more of an Avengers team that's happening. So like there's differences between it. So that universe exists. Yeah. Obviously it's not the same ultimate universe, but it's enough for um, this, this version of miles to live on his life over here. Sure. Okay. So that's point one that I'm just, I'm just curious to see if it's addressed. This is like the continuity nerd, but I also feel like Hickman is that as well mm. um, with the types of references that he pulls. So I know he knows that's out there. Second, I know we talked about it already, but, with the ultimates how ewing played a lot with the maker trying to recreate his own world mm-hmm. i'm curious to see if any of those versions get referenced as well because we right. also saw that it's out there too it does seem like he's trying to kind of make his own thing um the the this the maker is trying to make his own thing of this but i'm just i'm just curious to see 
what's happening with all this. Yeah. Because I don't know. Yeah, these are going to be a really fun four issues, plus the one shot after. Yeah, and it'll be interesting. Um, another another thought is just we've talked before that um, one of the things that we love about the whole Krakoan era right now is that you had a launch point with House of X, Powers of Ten, and then it branches off into a million yeah. different directions that you can choose as a reader with different tastes and and likes you know, compared mm-hmm. to other people around you. So um, is this the new launch point for the ultimate universe? And will this be the same kind of thing where there will soon be a new ultimate X-Men and ultimate fantastic four and ultimate Avengers, if that's what they decide to do, whatever. Um, will this branch off in a bunch of different directions like it did in the Krakoan era and when it did this originally with the ultimate line, um, will this be a whole new brand new starting thing? Um, what is that going to look like? Are we going to see announcements pretty soon, you know, and would that potentially spoil the, you know, what this is trying to do with these four issues plus the one shot? Yeah, I have, I have a few thoughts for that. One is the short answer is yes. I think this is going to be a launch point for a new ultimate universe. And I'm guessing right out the gate, we will see ultimate Spider-Man ultimate X-Men ultimate Avengers ultimate fantastic four, and probably some random like ultimate Electra or something like something, something random like Mm -hmm. that to kind of round it out. Um, I would not be surprised if we're seeing that on the outset of this starting early January Mm -hmm. or February. Yeah. That's my that's my first thought. I could be super wrong, but the second thought is, yeah, we will get something spoiled through solicits because that's always what happens because it sucks. Yeah. Um, I just I remember when <laughs> they were putting out the issue, the the cover pages for the Dawn of X titles, right after all the X Men died. Mm-hmm. in Oxbox and all of a sudden there was a cover page with Wolverine and Jean Grey and Cyclops all on the front and I was pissed and we're like right. well this it we didn't know about Resurrection yet yeah. which was which I'm so glad but my my first thought went to like well guess Moira's gonna reset the timeline sure so it was one of those things where it's like it got spoiled but the means of it weren't robbed and I yeah. feel like that would happen um because I feel like we already do know, like, the fact that there is an Ultimate Universe number one, like, at s- someone gets their way. Right. Something does get created. Um, so my follow-up question to all of that, what would get you to read one of those Ultimate titles? Um, I don't know. That's a, that's a really good question because... Does it depend who's writing it? I think maybe... Um, I don't know because like one I don't think that this sounds really bad and I don't mean to sound like closed-minded or anything but I'm just so invested in the Krakoan yeah age that I don't think that anything could get me to read uh an ultimate X-Men right now because I'm I don't want like I, right now I'm I have the itch to read Morrison's new X-Men again I have the itch to read uh Gillen's Uncanny X-Men yeah. again and stuff but the thing that stops me is that 
well, all of this takes place much a long time before the Krakoan era, and I don't want to go out of that era right now. Totally. You know? And so I don't think that anything could get me to read Ultimate X-Men yeah. should that come. And, you know, I, I'm you know, I don't mean to sound so closed off or anything like that, but it's just something would just get in the way for me. Yeah. You know, um, I think if there was an ultimate title that you would be most excited for, what do you think it was for me? Like I have my, if there was an ultimate FF written by Hickman, that'd be a day one for me sure. or, or a new, like a new ultimate written by Ewing. Like I'd probably pick that up. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, I think it might depend on on writer. I think so too. Um, I think I might I might enjoy something. So if we're gonna say that like Ultimate Spider Man was the Spider Man origin story for a new generation, yeah, for two thousand two thousand one, I might really enjoy seeing like um, like I'm a pretty big Daredevil fan, but I'm not all that interested in going back to nineteen whatever year and reading the original Daredevil or yeah. like the older stuff is is for a lot of people, but I found that it's just not for me. Totally. So I would love something like an ultimate Daredevil if it was like we are relaunching this character with a, the origin story starting from scratch for a new generation of readers. Like I'd be really interested in something like that. Yeah. Um, where I can see it from the beginning, but it feels modern and new and all of that stuff with modern art and color and all that stuff. I would be interested in, in seeing something like that for That'd sure. That'd be really cool. Uh, a parallel with Bendis's ultimate Spider-Man, I suppose would be, would be pretty cool. I think you said the word parallel and I think that is always what, and I mean this not in a Canon fanboy I only need my favorite hits replayed way. But like something that I really like about reading the ultimate universe is when you see different versions of events and characters, but yeah. through a certain creator's light. Like I love that Bendis redid the clone saga, but in a way that no one could have seen coming. Mm-hmm. I love that he did the death of Captain Stacy and Gwen Stacy, but in a different way. Mm-hmm. I also love when you're reading Miles Morales and you see the rocks on brain trust and it's mr sinister and the leader and layla miller and just like different versions of those characters um the show lost did that a lot in its final season where basically there was a parallel world where you would see certain beats that happened in the throughout the rest of the show take place in different ways and it would always be a surprise of how these characters would show up like someone that you would meet as a mercenary on the island might be running a bank but it's still causing the same problems for the characters. Sure. So I like that aspect of the ultimate universe a lot where you can see that. So the idea of some of the modern creators that we love basically doing like, and, and shepherded by someone, I'm not even saying it has to be Hickman, but by someone basically saying like, Hey, this is our season one goal. Mm-hmm. We're going to bring this up to our new ultimate version of civil war. Sure. Or the introduction of the Avengers. Yeah. Season two, we want to bring it up to Secret of, like just kind of doing almost like their own. I would love MCU. like a, a head of X. I would too. For this, like, this would be so sweet. Like, and part of me wonders, like, is that why Donny Cates is mentioned? Mm-hmm. Like, is is this prepping for his groundwork? Here's my second thought on that. Another minor prediction. One of the main selling points of the Spider Verse movies 
is that Miles Morales is the one and only Spider-Man and gets to interact with the big Spider-Verse. Mm-hmm. He's now in Main 616. In the video games, he's also in the universe with Peter. Like, they share the space. Is Miles going home? And will the ultimate Spider-Man that we get launched, will it be Miles Morales back in Earth 6160 or whatever it ends up being? Yeah. Is it more profitable and more manageable to keep the Spider-Men separate? Sure. And I don't know if I have an answer. I've also, like, I, I just read Miles as part of the main universe, and I really liked it. But just throwing that out there uh, that, that was a thought that crossed my mind as we were talking about what titles could relaunch like do they relaunch ultimate spider-man but with miles now the spider-man of the new ultimate universe yeah i don't know it's gonna be interesting to see what they've got up their sleeve for the next year yeah <laughs> such suckers yeah um overall this is awesome I'm really glad to have read it. I'm, I look forward to discussing the next ones with you. Yeah, this is going to be a fun read. Yeah. Pick up uh, Ultimate Invasion number one. Yeah, and read comics. Let us know your thoughts. Let us know how wrong we are with our hot takes. Yeah. Can't wait. All right. Thanks All right. for listening. Uh,